Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 184. We're recording this live Friday afternoon. Back to our Friday slot. High bandwidth. It's May 30th, 2014. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. With me, as always, back in his home turf. It's Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association. Happy to be home, tired as heck, uh, and ready for the weekend. <laughs> ready for the weekend. You were just in San Francisco, right? I was. For a change. Yeah. For a change. And I, in fact, I'm going back there on Monday. Um, so, yeah, I know. I know. Why, why not just stay the weekend? That's what oh, they that's say. That's a question. Right? But then again, you have to come home and, and, uh, I have and kids. be with your family. I, I have to see them. So, um, anyhow. the uh, Trip was good? Yeah. Trip was good. Uh, the event was uh, really good content. Really good content. Some great speakers. Chris uh, uh, Darcy, uh, one of the speakers, he's uh, known as the world's most connected human. Um, he basically wears every wearable device that exists um, um, and, and tests everything. He's been interviewed by you know Wall Street Journal, Esquire magazine. I mean, you name it. Like. So, uh, and he, he will be a guest on this show in the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, I, I got him to agree to do that. So that's, that's big. Uh, Rob will be doing a full on interview with him. Don't worry, people. It's coming. Can't wait. So the Can't world's wait. most connected human right here on this week in location-based marketing. I cannot believe it. The world's most connected human. He's, he's more connected than like a guy like Robert Scoble. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I can't wait to see this. Hopefully he'll be able to disconnect a little bit uh, or he'll film us filming, him filming us filming. It'll be really Yeah, something's yeah. going on. What, uh, what's, uh, what's going on with the Location-Based Marketing Association in the coming weeks, Asif? Yeah, so uh, next week um, I'm going out to San Francisco for the Street Fight Summit, which is on the 3rd. Yes. And then the following day I'll be in Chicago the 4th for the launch of the LBMA Chicago chapter. Great event. Uh Got lots of people coming out for that. And then on the 18th uh, of June is the New York chapter, uh, Location Meets Luxury. All kinds of crazy people going to that. I was looking at the list today. I mean, just huge. Uh, looks like we're going to have a, a, quite a nice turnout. I mean, brands like Marc Jacobs are coming and, yeah, uh, Gucci. And, I mean, all kinds of crazy luxury brands. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be good. So if you're in New York on the 18th and you're into that space and you want to see how mobile and location works in that world, come out. Come on out. And crazy people. New York is full of them. There's lots. I can't believe we're already talking about June. Why, why, where did this whole month go? May has disappeared. I know. It's crazy. Well, we have yeah. our uh, top 10 stories. We've got our resource of the week. And of course, uh, we're going to do a deep dive into some concepts. But I, I think beyond a shadow of a day, doubt, this past week, uh, the biggest story, and it's not even in our top 10 here, but the biggest story of the week was the seemingly, seemingly implosion. I don't even know how to describe it. The implosion of Foursquare, where their top two guys, uh, Holger Ludorf, who has been a guest on Untether.tv a number of times, and their COO, uh, have uh, jump ship all on the same day. And they say, hey, no problem. This no reminds problem. me of, a, of this. It just sounds like an airplane disintegrating in, in mid-flight. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, when they announced the uh, the split into the two apps, you know, yeah. we, you know, we both said we don't get it, right? You know, you already you only have forty six million users. Now you're going to split them, and, and and by the way, that's that that's the download number, not the active user base. Yeah. Now you're going to split that into two uh, separate solutions, and you're struggling to monetize and find revenue. Um, you know, it, 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 this this is like you know. Uh, 
we're 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 now in the uh, the beginning of the fourth quarter of, of the match, uh, and uh, and and they're down by like you know thirty points already. Uh, they ain't coming back, people. It's tough. It's tough. You know, I was uh, watching. Um, you know, I follow Robert Scoble, who is Scobleizer. Uh, he's obviously a. Uh, I mean, he works for Rackspace, but he's a he's a startup uh, guy. He just follows these guys, and he's a Foursquare guy. He's a Foursquare fiend, and and he said he hated the split. And then I, I saw a recent post this week with him actually saying, "Listen, I gave it a try. I actually don't mind Swarm as a as a separate app. It takes a little bit of time to get used to it. But even you know, jumping in and out of Foursquare today, you can still check in. I mean, I, there's yeah. no differentiation right now. I don't know if they've launched the new Foursquare or not. It doesn't sound like they have. But they've completely confused everybody with this. Now they've split their audience completely. People are downloading Swarm. They're not using Foursquare. They're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I have no idea. Like, look, I I downloaded Swarm. I, yeah. You know, I, I was you know traveling this week. I'm still checking in on the old Foursquare from yeah. a you know location and, and logging history perspective. Um, I have no idea what Swarm's doing on the other side. I know they're linked because I do get notifications from one to the other saying, "Hey, you know, you can, you know, so and so just did this." I don't, I don't watched. get. It. I, I don't get watched. it. It doesn't make any sense to me. But anyways, well, and, and you know, I, I I keep saying this is that I don't even launch Foursquare. What I do is I actually leverage all the other platforms yeah. that feed into Foursquare. So I I don't I never. You might see me checking on Foursquare, but that's just to remember of a restaurant, and I don't do that. I tag it all through like Instagram right. or through through other, uh, other uh, means. So th this this is this is hard to watch, uh, I think. But it's been a long time coming. Uh, we just I just don't know what to expect, and I think that by the end of this year, we figure you know the prediction will be right where the Foursquare will where it will exist under somebody else's banner. All right. Uh, well, so that wasn't even one of our stories. Our ten no. stories are coming up right now. We got the top ten, 10 really stories this story. week. It just that didn't even graze the top, right? It was that maybe it was the top most uh, visible story of the week, but it didn't graze the yeah. coolness factor of some of these stories. And I'm going to no. kick in right now with the first of these top ten stories. You ready, Steve? I'm ready. We're going to cruise. All right. Uh, there's a company in Munich, Germany. It's called uh, Matteo, and they are looking to thermal, thermal energy for the future of touch interfaces. Watch this video. Hi, my name is Thomas, CEO and co-founder of Matteo. In the last two years we've seen that head-worn devices are coming to the marketplace. What has been unsolved, though, is how are we interacting with these head-worn devices. This is why Matteo has invented the thermal touch technology, which makes any physical object around you a touchable object. So literally, the world becomes a touchscreen. If you use your hands, you can interact with the digital content in any environment. We created a prototype based on a tablet PC that includes a visible light camera and a thermographic camera. In the future, we assume that there will be head-mounted displays and wearable computers comprising those two cameras. A thermal image provides the pixel-wise temperature of the captured environment. The approach we use to detect touches is based on detection of the thermal energy a surface of an object emits after it has been touched and thereby heated up locally. One very nice feature of Thermotouch is that it can clearly distinguish if a surface has actually been touched or if a finger only approached it without any physical contact and hence significantly less heat transfer. The field of possible applications for Thermotouch is wide. 
There are many more ways to combine ThermoTouch for natural interfaces with more modalities, for instance, speech input in the future. We truly believe that computer vision and augmented reality will change the way we interact with digital information. So that's, I don't even know if I can explain it any better. You hook up a thermal camera to the device you're wearing, track the heat signature of your finger and that it, whatever it leaves behind. So when you touch a screen or you touch a, touch a piece of paper, it leaves a heat signature behind. And that actually calibrates with the camera and, and makes it a clickable, absolutely active uh, hotspot. It triggers actions in the digital content you see in your HUD, basically whatever you're, you're looking at your heads up display, uh, just like a mouse click, just like a, a touch on a screen. And then it goes to the place where you want it to go. You can buy things, you can go to links, you can go to websites, you can do a whole bunch of stuff. This just takes this, this I don't know, this interactive screen, everything as a screen to the next level. It's an absolutely uh, incredible technology. My hope is that they go beyond, you saw the prototype of the video, beyond mm -hmm. the prototype, because this just makes everything touchable. Ooh, touchy, touchy, touchy. Mateo, Very cool. thermal touch. Very cool. All right. Our second story is uh, about a great retailer, a uh, Texas retailer called Michael's Stores. If you know anything about crafting, craft supplies, these are the people you want to be hanging out with. And they've partnered with a whole bunch of museums this summer. Uh, in fact, seven uh, museums, uh, including the Perot Museum of Nature and Science, the Georgia Aquarium, the Field Museum, uh, you know, the list goes on and on, including, the, and by the way, what, we have the Montreal Museum of Fine Arts also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rob, you might have to go check that out. Yes, it's close. Uh, anyways, so this is running uh, June 16th to August 2nd on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 10 a.m. to noon. And basically for two bucks, you can bring your child to, uh, you know, to a, to a Michael store and, and they can, you know, basically do a craft, do some sort of, uh, you know, project kit experiment that ties back to you know teaching something about n you know nature or history or you know think based on content that's in, in in one of these seven museums I think this is great it's got nothing to do with digital and mobile uh, it's all about location it's all about creating an in-store experience you can't buy this stuff on Amazon people it doesn't happen um, and it's a great way to help people and you know kids and parents you know you want the learning to continue in the summer go to a Michael's store yeah, no, again, we're going to be talking about this whole concept of in-store experience in one of our big, big stories at the end of the, at the end of there these top ten. All right, uh, Logic PD, our third story. Uh, Logic PD is working on uh, using facial recognition to prevent identity fraud at the point of sale. This is a pretty unique uh, way of doing it. It's, it seems somewhat cumbersome. I'll explain it. It uses NFC for identification and works by taking a photo of the person that is purchasing the product at the POS. So snap, you take a photo uh, when you're making a mobile payment. The photo is attached to the transaction. So it's always affixed. The photo is always affixed to the transaction and both are sent to the cloud for storage. Now you can actually see who made every single transaction, thus fraud protection. You, and it also actually, you can action things before it goes to the bank and comes back to the bank as, as a fraudulent transaction. You know, there's a whole bunch of things around Around this this might sound cumbersome but I think we're getting to this point the only thing that they didn't talk about Asif was this whole um, you could do validation right at the point of sale by just prompting you to say is this you is this your location a text message whatever it might be to, to confirmation what I don't know why we get so complicated with photos and attaching it to receipts um, but that's for another story this mm -hmm. is at least along the the right path if you want some more information about these guys you go to logicpd l-o-g-i-c-p-d.com there you go. All right. Now, this Our, is a cool story. This is a cool story. Our fourth story 
is about beer. It's about Beck's Beer, a uh, great beer brand. Uh, this is uh, specifically to their operations in New Zealand. They've launched something called the world's first playable poster. So basically an out-of-home uh, you know, uh, display poster uh, board um, that uh, they describe turning beer into art since 1874 is their slogan. And basically it's a street poster where you can go up and you can you can touch this this poster it's, uh, made out of conductive ink uh, and, uh, and some sensors and some speakers that are built into it. And you can basically play music by, by touching the poster. It's like it's like a, a paper you know the paper jams? Anybody seen these paper jam instruments? Yeah, it's guitars it's and drums. It's basically and, yeah. that kind of thing, but but outdoor for everybody to play with. And you can actually remix songs, and and and, and all the song content is in there from you know some of the top independent artists from New Zealand uh, that, that have put their music there. And you and you, then you can get free downloads of the songs from the from this poster. It's amazing what they've done here. Uh, crazy, crazy stuff. Very, 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 very cool. It uses capacitive touch technology. It's just. I, this stuff blows my mind. And when I saw the story, I thought Beck, like I love Beck. Not Beck's the beer, but Beck the performer, right? And, uh huh. Yeah, but it wasn't him, it was the beer. There you go. And as a Canadian, you can appreciate beer. Beck. Beck. And Beck's. All right, our uh, fifth story, interesting concept here. I'd love to hear your take on what I'm about to tell you about this and whether or not this you find useful. We're going to talk about this at the end of the show as well. This is about a company called Cheers. Um, you know, I have an, an unbelievable uh, appreciation for street artists. You know, the guys that are out there busking, guitar players, whatever. Sometimes the talent on the street is way better than the talent that you're listening to on your earbuds. It's amazing. And if you understand that, um, you, you know, it's, it's a craft and it's a job. And asking for payment for a street performance for me is fine. And I often sit and I will watch them. I'm blown away by some of these guys. And I give money. And part of it is because of the courage that it takes for these people to stand in the middle of the street. And it's something that I lack because I'd love to be able to do it. But, you know, have you ever had that moment where it's awkward, where you don't have any money to be able to give them? Have you ever had that? Like, you know, you're sitting there front row at a, yeah. you know, whatever, at a busking festival. And you're like, oh, <laughs> awkward, no money. So now comes a service called Cheers that will allow you to tip your favorite artists. Now, these can be artists, uh, you know, famous artists or street famous. Um, and it uses Bitcoin in case you don't have any cash on hand. The service is set to launch in beta in August and it's pretty simple to use. You launch the, download the app, you launch the application, you pick an artist, you pick your tip, and you're done. You pay. The hard part seems to be on the collection side for the artist, really. Uh, if I'm on the guy in the street, I don't want to do this. I want my tax-free dollars put in my pocket at the end of my performance. I don't want to have to actually negotiate and wait for, you know, uh, to have this, this money sent to me by PayPal or something like that in who knows how many days. Like, yeah. I think that, you know, this is another solution, you know, uh, this is another solution to something that isn't a problem. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, we're going to be talking about this whole concept of is this, you know, when is it, you know, when is a good idea not a good idea? When should a company be launched like this? And I don't know that a company should be launched like this. If you're interested in a little bit more information, you go to saycheers.co, saycheers.co. But we'll be talking about this whole concept of when to say no to a business later on in the show. All right. Our sixth story comes from Japan and a uh, eyewear, uh, you know, glass uh, manufacturer, eyeglass manufacturer called Jins, J-I-N-S, uh, and they've created a, you know, set of, of what look like ordinary, you know, reading glasses. Um, very, very normal looking. This is not Google Glass. This is like just your, your regular glasses that you would see, you know, very stylish uh, frames. 
But it, it, in the frames, they've, they've built some interesting technology into this. So they've got something called the, the meme uh, in, in, the, in the frame itself. And so what, what they're doing is, is they're measuring, they're tracking the correlation between eye strain and fatigue. Uh, and then they feed that data into a corresponding smartphone uh, app. And so, the, you know, it, it, this is a wearable device. It's about, you know, tracking, you know, just another aspect of, you know, how your how your body's performing uh, at any given time, you know, by, by pulling information from, you know, the glasses that you're wearing on the thing. And so they're using some electrocircular graphy sensors, electrocircular graphy sensors, small metallic, am I saying that right? Electrocircular graphy, yes. <laughs> sensor. Um, so these are things built into the frame. Um, you, you know, basically, it's, it's anywhere where it touches your face, right? So the bridge, the nose pads, the bars uh, that rest on the ears, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and they're gathering the data from, from that perspective. And so they're measuring uh, eye movement, they're measuring voltage, uh, you know, they're measuring all, all these little like micro electrical signatures, basically, and then feeding that data into to tell, you know, how tired you are, or fatigued you are. And, um, you know, crazy stuff. I like it. Yeah, you get all the fun stories, man. How did that That's work it. out this week? Hey, man, you got Simon Armitage now. I do, I do. But I like this idea. If you're information about, you know, a little bit more information about these guys, you go to jins-jp.com, J-I-N-S-jp.com. But, yeah, I know when I'm tired. Trust me. You know, when I, right. you know when I know I'm tired? Because I get cranky. I get all crazy in the head. There you go. Crazy. All right, uh, seventh story, yeah, I do have Simon Armitage, which is uh, really cool. The University of Sheffield has been working on creating surface coatings that can absorb nitrogen oxides from the air. Come on. Uh, and they've been doing this for more than a decade. To demonstrate this, they are using a poem by English poet Simon Armitage entitled In Praise of Air, which we all should be. We should all be loving air, hugging it if you got it. Hug the air. Uh, it was printed on a 33-foot by 66-foot piece of material coated with titanium dioxide and hung on a wall at the university. They say that it can absorb the pollution created by 20 cars every single freaking day. Let me say that again. It can absorb the pollution created by 20 cars every single day. This is kind of out of home, doing good. Why aren't these damn things everywhere? Why, why aren't the buildings wrapped in this stuff? I don't understand it. Why aren't we wrapped in this stuff? I don't know. Oh, but how stuff. cool is that? This is good stuff. So I did get a good story. There you go. I got you did cool get a good story. story. Simon Armitage, right. thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There you go. All right. Chucky. Our story is about, you know, you know, kids. Kids, they, they love to, you know, do cool things. They love to go to places like Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, and play those games and eat the crappy pizza uh, and play those games. Um, so Chuck E. Cheese has decided, you know, again, you know, we, we need to create an experience. We need to be a destination for people to come to. So let's let's embrace today's technology and let's let's do something with Oculus Rift. So they uh, they basically created a game where you you go in to, to a little cubicle thing. Um, and they got it's like a wind tunnel and they got wind blowing around you and, and all this kind of stuff happening and stuff flying around you. So you ha you you have the feel experience while you're wearing Oculus Rift and you're actually playing the game. It's not a good idea. You know, in, in 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 virtual reality. I mean, this is crazy stuff. And so it's it's launching May uh, uh, launched May twentieth in Dallas and then it's going to go to San Diego and Orlando as well uh, to their locations there. Um, and this is really about it's part of it, the game's called Ticket Blaster, and it's part of how they're p packaging, you know, the sort of the future of birthday parties, uh, you know, for uh, for kids at Chuck E. Cheese. 
<laughs> See, this is they're gonna have to rename the restaurant to Up Chuck E. Cheese. They're doing a th uh, augmented reality 3D ride after you shove pizza in your kids' <laughs> mouth. They're gonna be cleaning up that room every single time. Yeah. Oh my good God, Up Chuck E. Cheese. That's right. what they're gonna be calling it. I think it's it's good. We'll you be talking another, about that. You got a cool story, Rob. Well, yeah, but uh, we're gonna be talking about that story around uh, you know the concept yeah. of augmenting the experience inside of a store or a restaurant uh, as well a little bit later. All right, so uh, yeah, on to our ninth story, which is which is which is pretty cool. It's a, it's a company called Pager, uh, a New York-based company, which is Pager is merging mobile with doctor uh, house calls. You know those house calls that they used to do back in the eighteen hundreds. Uh, for three hundred bucks, you can get a doctor to show up at your home and fix everything that ails you or your kids or whoever's in the in there. I think it's I don't know if it's a three hundred dollar per visit or three hundred dollars per person, but if you got a family of like seventeen, bring them all over. Three hundred dollars. Um, they say the physicians in their network treat adults and children and can perform diagnostic exams. They can prescribe medications and order and interpret lab tests and x-rays. They can also provide trusted referrals to specialists. And this is all done through an app. Very easy. All you have to do is just jump into a uh, the app, choose the physician you want, and then they will actually be there for you very quickly. Now, 59 five-star ratings on the app store say that this is a good idea. So do I. Getpager.com. There you go. All right. And our final story, the 10th story, is uh, from Singapore about a company called Bubbly. Uh, and they've launched a direct carrier billing uh, system for, you know, basically in-app uh, purchases and subscriptions. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this idea at, at, the, at the end a little bit. But, uh, you know, one, one of the things that they alluded to is, is that they say that in, in some markets in Asia, um, uh, you know, Thailand and, and some other markets there, 92% of prepaid card users in Asia have less than $1 on their card, uh, you know, at any given time. And they also say that, um, that uh, where's this, where this number here? Um, that, uh, you know, ba basically a lot of these people, uh, in, in these markets, in some of the in some of these second and third world markets, don't have credit cards at all, um, and and so you know the only way they can they can participate in in that purchase environment is is through something like a direct carrier billing uh, system. So this this does solve a lot of problems. We'll talk about this later, uh, but in the meantime, Bubbly from Singapore, uh, and they got some big people behind this: Singtel, uh, Sequoia Capital. They've raised like forty million bucks. Uh, interesting stuff. Why do they name themselves Bubbly? I think this is a terrible name. Why do, why do you name something called Pager? Didn't aren't we done with Pagers? <laughs> no, it's just it's the whole retro <laughs> feel, right? Like bubbly. I, I'm gonna call my name. I like you know what? I always think anytime I've named my companies, right? I'm a guy who named my company Thunder Road, right after a Springsteen song. But yes. so keep that in mind, folks, as you listen to this. But I think about how how what it sounds like when I answer the phone. It's like uh, Good afternoon, Bubbly. Bubbly. Bubbly doesn't have the same thing. Thunder it's a Bubbly Road. Day. Thunder Road, though. That was like Thunder Road. Anyway. All right. Those are the top 10 stories of the week, plus one more around Foursquare. See what I mean? The other stories are so cool, so optimistic, so neat compared to the whole has-been of what, what, what has been Foursquare. So that's why we don't include those kind of stories. But we just had to make a mention of it because we've been predicting its demise for a couple of years now. And maybe one day it'll happen before we grow old and die. Um, we're going to dive into three concepts. The first one we're going to talk about is how to decide when an idea is not a good one. 
and there's a couple of ideas in here that are on that on that fence and you know how did how do you kill an idea yeah. uh the second one is a differentiator die the the up chucky e. cheese story this is a whole concept around how you have to create value inside of the store before you actually uh create uh you know in order to be able to enhance the experience and the third one is this whole co concept that, that bubbly has brought up which is direct carry billing is is it too little too late around the closed the f closed loop uh payment systems like itunes and pay Pal. All right, but before we dive into those three, our three stories, uh, three concepts, uh, you know, we're going to do a little bit of push here. Uh, a few things that we want to push through. You, you know about our book, peopleplacesmedia.com. If you sign up there, you'll get a chapter. We're so close to getting that done. It just takes a little bit longer. Be patient. You'll get it. Our goal is to get that out to you uh, within the coming weeks, and then uh, you can critique the crap out of it and send us your comments and feedback, and then we can continue because we're going to build seven more chapters this way, uh, maybe a little bit faster in the process over the summer. But you can go to peopleplacesmedia.com and sign up there, and we will send you the chapter chapter for free and remember it's free so how can you complain about getting something for free i don't i don't understand that you know yeah. you can't you cannot yeah. you, do, you do or you do not want it you don't have to pay it's free for now the other thing that uh, we, we talk about quite often here is the uh, belief that uh, this value for value model is what we're doing here at, at not only with this week in location-based marketing but on tether.tv in general is creating a resource uh, in the mobile space in the marketing space in the retail space and anything that has to do with touches your smartphone or your tablet or uh, wearables or beacons or connected devices in, in the in the wild uh, is make sure that you have enough information to go on and do your job so if you find value in the things that we do here uh, why not contribute back to us so that we can continue doing this augment the show create new bumpers you know augment the quality bring new guests on get new cameras whatever it might be to be able to bring you the the stuff that you need to do in order to do your job you can you can support us at patreon.com forward slash untether and all we're asking for is, is a buck or two or three or four or twenty or a hundred whatever it might be whatever you whatever fits your pocket however va much value you find in the show just go to patreon.com forward slash untether and you can contribute to the longevity of what we're doing here if you can't afford it this is a big play if you can't afford it and you're listening this far into the show, which we're about, you know, 25 minutes into the show, um, and you have listened to this, and we're on 184, show number 184, could you please, like I'm begging here, I'll get down on my knees, go to where you found this podcast. If you can't contribute a buck, go to where you found this podcast. It could be Stitcher, it could be iTunes, it could be SoundCloud, wherever it might be that you downloaded this thing. It could be the website. Do us a favor. Just give us a rating click on the five star or four star whatever you think the value is and leave a comment it's always five star Laura. yeah it has to be right if you're if you're listening to us but you can't imagine as a as a as a broadcaster as a podcaster how valuable that five star rating and a little bit of a review does to us it bumps us up in the ratings it creates a little bit more awareness for what we're doing here and the effort that we put into it is actually we feel the it coming back to us so look i can't i can't do it any more than that just please go to itunes go to itunes or stitcher or soundcloud wherever you got this and just give us a rating or share it push out a twitter post about it I don't, just do something like that it would be amazing if you did that that's currency does so you can either do it through patreon.com forward slash untether or just do it out of the kindness of your heart and give us a good review I'm done begging. All right, so uh, here's here's the top three stories. Bringing up a little uh, understanding of this is that you know a couple of ideas uh, that we bring forward quite often in these uh, you know in these stories are some of them are so great. The ideas are so great, and some of them we just scratch our head and think, what were they thinking? One of those things that I brought up here is Cheers. This whole idea of being able to uh, tip a busker with Bitcoin through your mobile device. Like if you think about that in that logical fashion. 
that a busker may not may or may not pay taxes. I'm not saying everybody pays taxes or doesn't pay taxes, but their whole goal is that they fill up their guitar case and then close the guitar case and walk home with a wad of cash. They don't want to deal with, with Bitcoin. So if you think about it a little bit more, how do you decide when an idea is not a good one? And you know what? The last, the last thing you should do is go and talk to your wife or your parents or your brother or your best friend because they will probably say what they think you want to hear. So, see, when you when you bump into people like this, how do you let them down easily? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm completely with you. I mean, sometimes we just look at this, we look at the technology available to us, and we're like, yeah, let's let's jump all over it. Let's let, let's let's you know, let's tip people with Bitcoin. And and the reality <laughs> is, is is it doesn't make sense, right? You know, what makes sense maybe maybe is is Square in this environment or something like that. You know. Um, you know, we, we, we know that, uh, you know, for example, the girl guides, you know, have, have been using things like that, uh, you know, because, you know, not everybody carries cash around them anymore. But, you know, we, we do have credit cards in our pocket. We can process transactions uh, that way. Um, you know, that's, you know, the Salvation Army, for example, at Christmas, you know, has been doing, you know, debit and, and square and all that kind of stuff. That makes sense, right? But Bitcoin, like in, in the whole conversion process that this oh busker is going to have to go through to do that. No, this is just technology, you know, that, you know, is, is misapplied uh, in, in a very inappropriate way. It's just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. You know, it's, it's funny because I wonder how, how this could like an idea like Cheers. You know, what would be a good way of doing this? So I always think about, like I said, I've watched uh, street performers sing better than the artists that are being recorded today and selling multi-million, uh, multiple, multiple of millions of singles. So I always think, you know, how could how could a company like Cheers help these artists? And I, I'm not saying because a lot of them are independent and they have their own stuff and they have their own Facebook pages and they're mm -hmm. they're sophisticated. They're not bums on the street. These are talented people. They have their right. own stuff for sale. So, you know, currency, we, we talk about, we just talked about it, is that the currency of you guys giving us a review on, on, uh, on iTunes is very high for us because it's exposure. So it too is that if you went to our websites collectively and signed up for our mailing lists, right? So instead of a Bitcoin and say, I don't have the cash to give you, but I appreciate your music, give me, enable that to enable me to sign up for your mailing list. Because if you do that, just like if you're on untether.tv's mailing list or the LBMA's mailing list, is that it gives us the privilege to reach out to you and let you know what's going on within untether yeah. or the LBMA. And from an artist standpoint, that mailing list could be gold if I've got new music coming out if i've well, got a gig finally yeah. if i'm playing a street corner so it's about creating a relationship right you know, between, between that artist and 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 the person that wants to support them right not not a one-off payment you know transaction uh that that is very difficult for them to ultimately uh redeem and, and participate in so right. we, we focus very on the, challenging. we focus on the payments so much right like this is a, a a way to extract dollars from my pocket and put it into yours but you're we, you're so right is that it's about one-to-one -one. it's about me communicating with you 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 enjoy my music i'd like to give you more of it i'd like to be able to engage with you a little bit more and it's the same thing you know when i was in amsterdam i talked about that thing and i just wrote an article that's up on untether.tv about hey mobile payments should finish last the focus on mobile mm. payments is absurd it's everything that leads to it that yeah. you should be focusing on so you know i think that there are alarms that go off when your idea when you stick in you stick your hand up and say okay here's a good idea i got one we're gonna pay buskers in bitcoin like somebody somewhere has to have said, "What's Bitcoin?" And, exactly. <laughs> right. And How many buskers know are, are using Bitcoin today? That's no, what I want. 
And why Bitcoin of all things? Why yeah. Bitcoin, right? Yeah. So if you're a busker, if you're trying to do that, get somebody to sign up to your mailing list, like your Facebook page, whatever it might be. Uh, or, you know, the best thing to do is is set up a PayPal account because it's already available. Just yeah. you can email, or, hey, or like, email you know, me cash. Just like have the busker like, you know, have their like their their little uh, symbol or their logo or whatever sitting there, image recognition, create an AR experience where they can they can download the song you know, or the track right from, from the, from the guitar case, whatever. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's so many other things we can do here with, with, with technology, then, you know, let's pay them with Bitcoin. That supports what their goal is, right. Which is distributing <laughs> music. Great relationship. So, you know, this is, this is not meant as a critique, although it just slammed it. It, <laughs> it just did though. But, but, but you've got to start to think critically about your idea in order to be able to feel good that this is something that is of value because right now this is just, it's just technology and the end game for a lot of these guys might be cash, but it's also, it could be cash down the road. And, and yeah. so how, how to decide when an idea is not a good one? Well, while you're building your business out there, if you're listening or watching this and you're thinking about doing this, just think about this. Hey, why don't we pay buskers in Bitcoin? And if your idea is that kind of uh, thinking, you're, I think you're doomed for failure. Yeah. I can see it now, Rob. I'm going to go to my barber shop next week and say, I'm going to pay you in Bitcoin. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. create an app that pays you in Bitcoin. <laughs> huh? Oh my yeah. goodness. So yeah, that's cash businesses, I, people, they don't pay taxes. Yeah. Exactly. And all cash business does not want to issue receipts. Yes. Right? All right. Okay. All right. The second one here. This is this is your story. I think up Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, you know, I, I guess the concept here is that retail is in decline. Uh, studies that have shown uh, this company that uh, I just posted recently on Untether on a Mobile Minute, which was a, from Euclid, talks about um, the fact that in-store activity is down. Visits to stores are down. I think this is logical. Maybe dwell time is a little bit up, but that whole concept that, that people are going into stores to just browse and shop is, is gone. So you have to create a differentiating experience. And here's Chuggy Cheese <laughs> trying, to, trying to do it. And uh, I joke, but this is what you have to do to differentiate or die when you're in the quick serve industry, the restaurant industry, or the yeah. retail business, right? Yeah, so to, to quote uh, the president of Chuck E. Cheese Entertainment, Roger Cardinal says, Kids today have unprecedented access to game consoles and tablets. Our challenge is to deliver an experience not available at home, and there's no doubt that virtual reality does just that. It's true. It's true, but is, is, it, like, is it going too far, right? I mean, like for me... You know, I've been to Chuck E. Cheese a few times with with my kids. You know, and and what 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 do they love? I think they love the physicality of you know going there and shooting a basketball into into a thing and getting points, or throwing the ski ball up the thing and get and getting those tickets, right? And it's all about how many tickets can I collect. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, do we need to do that in a in a virtual reality model? Uh, you know, in, in a place like Chuck E. Cheese, just because we're so used to playing video games at home. I, you know what? I think that I think the big thing is is that is this an individual? This is an individual game in a place that that kind of creates a social gaming uh, you know environment, right? So you're yeah. you're in front of your friends and everybody's like that. So I think that um, you know I think that there's there is that piece to it. Um, but I I do think that you know it would be interesting to be able to go and and try the Oculus Rift at, at a place yeah, like this. Before but but it's what I don't get too is is okay. Technology aside, let's say it's a great experience. It's only the person whose birthday it is that gets to do this. Oh. The birthday star. Okay. I mean, like, what is That's that all about? What is it? What is what is about this exclusivity piece? You know, why doesn't all the kids get all the kids get to do it? Maybe it's a way to get them back and all those kids back for their birthdays. 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe. But you know, I, I um, so you know, we have these amusement indoor amusement uh, places, right? Uh, here in, in Ottawa, like you do in Toronto, like everybody does around the world. And there's this one place. It's like this virtual reality um, roller coaster ride where you know you sit in it and it like moves and it's like 3D and everything like that. My kids were freaked out. <laughs> like I thought one of them was going to be sick on it, and I can't imagine. That's why I think that you know there's a there's a thing where you you don't combine you know uh, full motion augmented reality and and uh, and crappy pizza. I'm just, I'm just that's not the experience that you want when you talk about differentiation. Yeah. But yeah. So think a little bit higher though. Uh, that's what we're starting to see, right? The, the future of retail, uh, you know, physical retail is about creating an experience inside of that store, right? And I think that Chuck E. Cheese is not wrong in this. They're um, not wrong. It, it, they do have to differentiate. They do have to do something that says, you know, we're a destination, right? You know, and we see it with shopping malls. Lots of shopping malls around the world in places like Dubai or even West Edmonton or, or wherever, you know, have gone to this entertainment model, right? When we yes. were kids, like when I grew up, when I grew up as uh, you know uh, in in Toronto here, you know I remember we would go to the mall. Why, uh, you know, as, as teenagers or you know uh, young adolescents or whatever, we would go to the mall. Smoke cigarettes? No, not no. I, I mean, I was never a smoker, but you know, it wasn't because we were going there to to shop. We didn't have the disposable income. No. We were going there though to the arcade in the mall. To play video games. That's yes, why we went there. There was an arcade in the shopping mall, right? And we were on all those, all those, all those machines, those pinball machines, and 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 that's what we did after school, right? It was a destination. It was a reason to be in the mall. Yeah. Um. And that's you know that's what all these 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 restaurant chains and these retailers need to do. They need to become a destination again, and not just about you know, you know how much can we erode our margin by you know on this pair of jeans today. You know, and 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 how many other retailers are selling the same pair of jeans? Like, it, that's not what it's about, right? It's about are you creating an experience for me that I can't get anywhere else, that I can't buy on Amazon, you know? And I think that's what Chuck E. Cheese is doing right here. I'm not, I'm not sure the, the sort of the the way they're doing it uh, or the technology is necessarily the you know the best approach, but but the the notion of you know creating it, it as a destination as an experiential. You know, thing for people to participate in is is absolutely bang on. Yeah, I agree, and and, and that's good for kids, and and you've got to scale that up to adults. I mean, I I used to shop back when I used to wear suits and a tie. If you can picture it, suits and a tie, maybe never a tie, but suits. I used to go to a place called Harry Rosen, and Harry Rosen was the first place that my father took me when I was seventeen to get my very first suit. It's not a cheap place. I spent no. a lot of money in there, but uh, but I uh, Gary Critchlow. Uh, was my sales guy and he he was there from the time I was 17 and he walked in and uh, he took my side against arguments against my father about what I wanted to wear I didn't want double-breasted with gold uh, buttons right um, so he walked me through that and I, I you know every year I, I, I would go back and I would refresh my wardrobe as I got a little bit older with more disposable income and uh, he was my guy and then uh, when I was a, when I became CEO of, uh, of Rove uh, at the time, and there was an article in the newspaper, he sent me a personal thank you letter, uh, you know, a, a personal congratulations letter uh, on my appointment, like handwritten, mailed yeah. to my home. Nice. Just, you know, that kind of stuff. I am a customer of his for life, should I ever decide that I want to wear a suit again. Um, but that is part of that experience. You're differentiating by the fact that he is is absolutely personalized my relationship. So the time I was 17, right? He knows everything about me, knows my wardrobe. So you can scale that, right? And, and I think that that's the important part is that if you don't have that kind of level of service in store, if you don't have those differentiated services or features or entertainment in store, like, you know, uh, movie theater serving beer, 
right? Mm-hmm. Like they're small things, but it makes such a big difference on the decisions that we make on where to go and where to spend our money. There you go. Up Chuck E. Cheese. I can't wait. I'm just going to see. These stories are going to come. Up Chuck. Up Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, uh, and that's the name of this episode because I've said it 47 times. All right. Our last big story that we want to look at here, Asif, is, uh, you know, a little bit. Is this too little, too late for the carrier direct billing? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, I, I, yeah, first of all, I applaud Bubbly for, uh, yes. for doing, I don't applaud them for the name, but I, I applaud them for uh, for doing this and, and for recognizing, especially in some of these markets that, that I alluded to earlier, uh, you know, some of these uh, Asian markets, African markets, uh, you know, where you have tons and tons of people who, uh, you know, they specifically mentioned Thailand, Indonesia, Philippines, who just don't have credit cards. Right. Um, and so, you know, they're not able to go and, and, and make these kinds of purchases, you know, or, or buy an app, you know, that, that costs, you know, a dollar or three dollars and put it on a credit card because they don't have one. So, you know, the, this idea of being able to just tie that to my phone bill, which I do have, um, you know, makes, makes a ton of sense, right? Any in-app purchase or, you know, you need to get that weapon in the game to, to move forward or you need to buy that extra level of Angry Birds or whatever it is. Um, you know, this makes sense. But, you know, what, what concerns me around, so the whole idea here, the whole concept is, you know, we, we saw the ISIS initiative in the U.S., the carrier consortium there. We saw the Weave consortium in, in, in the U.K. between O2, Vodafone, and Orange. Um, and these guys, you know, all, all kind of initially started with this, this positioning around uh, payments, uh, which has gone nowhere. And then they kind of shifted to loyalty, which is starting to, you know, get a little bit of traction. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, by the time, you know, we, we actually embrace it enough that we're going to want to just buy something and add it to our phone bill, you know, it's, gonna, it's probably going to be too late because, you know, we all expect this fall Apple is going to come out and say, forget about mobile wallet. You already have it. It's called iTunes and 600 million other people already have it. So let's just use iTunes to buy whatever we want. iTunes um, everywhere iTunes everywhere. So, so I, I think that's going to happen, or whether whether it's called iTunes everywhere or iPay or whatever we're, we're going to call it, that's going to happen. Um, and and I think that that's you you know when that happens, and if it happens this fall in the next release, all of a sudden all these carrier uh, plays that haven't happened yet or have been sitting on the sidelines are, are dead. Yeah, yeah. You know, Steve, I've I've been trying this experiment this year uh, to go life without a credit card. You know, it's oh, it's just I've always yep. wondered if I could do it. So uh, cut everything up, uh, change banks, do everything that I need to do to be able to do that. And it is hard, man. It is not easy. So I think that if you think about something like iTunes, and the reason I love PayPal so much is because it's starting to be accepted everywhere, and I can do everything, pretty much everything, with PayPal um, or a debit Visa card, right, for, from from your bank. But uh, with uh, if if iTunes is going to whatever it's going to be called, I pay iTunes, pay whatever it might be. Um, yeah. They have to start accepting PayPal. There has to be a closed loop system into the closed loop system, right? So iTunes mm-hmm. has to a payment option has to be for the masses something like PayPal that ties to your bank account. So there has to be that congruent, yep. like that that piece that goes over. So yep. I think that when it comes to direct carrier billing, if for example Rogers enables that because they are now a chartered bank in Canada, our carrier, if I can actually do things through Rogers and add it to the bill, um, you know, I, I would probably lean towards them than if iTunes doesn't accept PayPal. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think it's all about yeah. your circumstance and all about what you can pay. iTunes is a closed system and you re- it, the entrance, the entry is a credit card. And that is not acceptable to many people who don't, who are, who are credit cardless. 
Absolutely. But so, but you have to think they're they're going to go in that direction. I would hope so. I have to think so. Right? I would hope so. Or something like they, Like, it's not Bitcoin. No, it's not going to be Bitcoin. <laughs> if it is, well, uh, yeah, I'm still going with my carrier. So yeah. those are the three things that we talked about. How to decide when an idea is not a good one. I think we've used that. We will now call it the, hey, is your idea like Cheers? That's what we're going to call it from now on, right? And we'll reference it from now on. Cheers idea. Uh, you want to differentiate a dial like up Chuck E. Cheese. And also direct carrier billing. Is it too little, too late? we got one last piece of business with you, the fine viewer, the fine listener. And it is our resource of the week. What is this? Is big data helping or hurting the shopper experience? Asif, what do you think, buddy? I think this is really cool. Yeah. So this is a, uh, a study from uh, McCann, uh, the, the agency, uh, called the Truth Central research unit, uh, the, the group inside there, and, and the study is called The Truth About Shopping. They surveyed 10,000 people in 11 countries, including the US, UK, China, Brazil, Mexico, Chile, UAE, France, South Africa, Spain, and India, uh, and they wanted to understand consumer behaviors uh, and, and, and their thoughts, their attitudes towards mobile and big data and being tracked and privacy and all this kind of stuff. And uh, they said 52% 52, 52 of people said that shopping is too impersonal these days. 57% worry that they'll discover fewer new things if companies always show them exactly what they're looking for. That's an interesting <laughs> stat. No more serendipity. No more serendipity. Uh, or, it's, or it's engineered serendipity. It is, yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. 66% uh, of shoppers are looking to be inspired while they are shopping. I'm not sure what that means. Um, I don't know if that means it's time for upchuck or or, or, or not, um, but they want to be inspired. Um, and 84% of people globally are aware that companies track the websites they visit in order to recommend products. Uh, and uh, I guess they're okay with that. I suppose. I think we all are, aren't we? You know, the stat that, that uh, really reinforces my viewpoint on this whole mobile wallet, mobile payments world is that 70% feel mobile is good for browsing and not for buying. That really tells me that the market is not ready for this whole mobile wallet. No. The focus shouldn't be on mobile payments. It just, it just I, I saw that and it was like this little moral victory that I had inside of my head. Because as I said, I was in Amsterdam and the guy got up on stage after my keynote and said, I'm about to refute everything that Rob said about mobile payments. In your face, man. In yeah. your face, Amos. Yeah, and on the privacy side, I mean, the two stats, you know, that, that justify all this stuff, right? I mean, I keep saying it's opt-in, it's about value, it's about relevance. Shoppers accept this. It says 65% of people said they're willing to share data if they could yeah. see the benefit. 61% said they would be willing to share data if they understood the benefit compared with 45% in 2011. So that's a huge jump, huge jump, right? I mean, it's almost 20% jump in two years. That people understand the value, they understand the relevance, and they're willing to share their data. So get out there, start collecting. Yeah. There's gonna be a second revolution of data collection. It's just gonna people are gonna be asking for much more for very little data. I think data as a currency is you know, your personal data as a currency is going to be a hot topic in twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. My postal code is worth five percent off, my phone number is worth twenty five percent off, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. My email address yeah. it's worth it's a percentage. It's a currency, but there you go. Well, that's very cool. It can be found at uh, thelbma.com forward slash research. Yes, it can. All right. That is episode 184. Boom. 16 more until we're at 200. Done. Seems like, seems like a small number, but that's still four months away. You've got plans. You can plan to fly out to Toronto. We'll do something in Toronto, eh? Yeah. We'll record live with a guest audience. No, just kidding. Whoa, that's <laughs> ambitious. Let's do it. We just need to find a couple of sponsors. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. All right. If you want to sponsor that. Yes. 
Of we're course okay. you do. Rob and I will 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 find the the place, the studio. We'll make it happen. And we'll do it like this. I'll bring my iMac. You'll bring your MacBook, and we'll do it over Skype next to each other. Be the coolest thing. No. Love it. All right. That's it for 184. We will be back next week for 185. If you made it this far into the show, thank you so much. Go and give this a review on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud, wherever you find this fine show. Uh, and if you can't do that, if you can't get there, then how about just go to patreon.com forward slash untether, drop us a buck or two, and we will forever be in your debt. We will love you forever. Got anything else to say, Asif, or can we shut that's, this down? That's it. We're, we're good. All right, we're folks. See you next week. Asif, safe flight. Enjoy San Francisco, man. Thank you, sir.